0: Chapter thirteen of the Spirit of Bambatse by h Rider Haggard This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Benita Plans Escape The next morning while she was cooking the breakfast Benita saw Jacob Meyer seated upon a rock at a little distance sullen and disconsolate. His chin was resting on his hand and he watched her intently never taking his eyes from her face. She felt that he was concentrating his will upon her, that some new idea concerning her had come into his mind, for it was one of her miseries that she possessed the power of interpreting the drift of this man's thoughts. Much as she detested him, there existed that curious link between them. It may be remembered that on the night when they first met at the crest of Leopard's Kloof, Jacob had called her a thought-sender, and some knowledge of their mental intimacy had come home to Benita from that day forward her chief desire had been to shut a door between their natures to isolate herself from him and him from her yet the attempt was never entirely successful that door could not be kept closed it would swing ajar and force her to read in this hateful book of a soul she loathed and yet must study moreover her great terror was lest he also should be able to read as he was read Fear and disgust took hold of her, bending there above the fire, all the while aware of the Jew's dark eyes that searched her through and through. Benita formed a sudden determination. She would implore her father to come away with her. Jacob Meyer would never cease from the hunt for that treasure until it was found, or its further pursuit became utterly impossible. Then let him find it by himself of course such an attempt would be terribly dangerous of the matter nothing had been seen still they might be about and even if enough cattle could be collected to draw the wagon it belonged to maya as much as to her father and must therefore be left for him still there remained the two horses which the molimo had told her were well and getting fat at this moment maya rose and began to speak to her what are you thinking of miss clifford he asked in his soft foreign voice she started but answered readily enough of the wood which is green and the kid cutlets which are getting smoked are you not tired of kid mr mayor she went on he waved the question aside you are so good oh i mean it so really good that you should not tell stories even about small things the wood is not green I cut it myself from a dead tree and the meat is not smoked nor were you thinking of either you were thinking of me as i was thinking of you but what exactly was in your mind this time i do not know and this is why i ask you to tell me really mr Mayer," she answered flushing my mind is my own property ah do you say so now i hold otherwise that it is my property as mine is yours a gift that nature has given to each of us i seek no such gift she answered but even then much as she would have wished to do so she could not utter a falsehood and deny this horrible and secret intimacy i am sorry for that as i think it very precious more precious evens as a gold which we cannot find for miss clifford it brings me nearer to you she turned upon him but he held up his hand and went on oh do not be angry with me and do not fear that i am going to trouble you with soft speeches for i shall not unless a time should come as i think that perhaps it will when you may wish to listen to them but i want to point out something to you miss clifford is it not a wonderful thing that our minds should be so in tune and is there not an object in all this did i believe as you do i should say that it was heaven working in us No do not answer that the working comes from lower down i take no credit for reading that upon your lips the retort is too easy and obvious i am content to say however that the work is that of instinct and nature or if you will of fate pointing out a road by which together we may travel to great ends i travel my road alone mr mayor i know i know and that is the pity of it the trouble between man and woman that not in one case out of a million even if they be lovers do they understand each other their eyes may seek one another their hands and lips may meet and yet they remain distinct apart and often antagonistic there is no communion of the soul but when it chances to be otherwise when they chance to complete each other to be hewn from the same rock as it were oh then what happiness may be theirs and what opportunities possibly mr mayor but to be frank the question does not interest me not yet but i am sure that one day it will meanwhile i owe you an apology i lost my temper before you last night well do not judge me hardly for i was utterly worn out and that old idiot vexed me with his talk about ghosts in which i do not believe then why did it make you so angry surely You could have afforded to treat it with contempt instead of doing as you did upon my word i don't know but i suppose most of us are afraid lest we should be forced to accept that which we refuse this ancient place gets upon the nerves miss clifford yours as well as mine i can afford to be open about it because i know that you know think of its associations or the crime that has been committed here for ages and ages or the suffering that has been endured here doubtless human sacrifices were offered in this cave or outside of it that great burnt ring in the rock there may have been where they built the fires and then those portuguese starving to death slowly starving to death while thousands of savages watched them die have you ever thought what it means but of course you have FOR LIKE MYSELF YOU ARE CURSED WITH IMAGINATION. GOD IN HEAVEN, IS IT WONDERFUL THAT IT GETS UPON THE NERVES, ESPECIALLY WHEN ONE CANNOT FIND WHAT ONE IS LOOKING FOR, THAT VAST TREASURE. AND HIS FACE BECAME ecstatic. THAT SHALL YET BE YOURS AND MINE, AND MAKE US GREAT AND HAPPY. BUT WHICH AT PRESENT ONLY MAKES ME A SCULLERY MAID, AND MOST UNHAPPY, REPLIED BENITA CHEERFULLY, FOR SHE HEARD HER FATHER'S FOOTSTEP don't talk any more of the treasure mr mayor or we shall quarrel we have enough of that during business hours when we are hunting for it you know give me the dish will you this meat is cooked at last still benita could not be rid of that treasure because after breakfast the endless unprofitable search began again once more the cave was sounded and other hollow places were discovered upon which the two men got to work With infinite labour three of them were broken into in as many days and like the first found to be graves only this time of ancients who perhaps had died before christ was born there they lay upon their sides their bones burnt by the hot cements that had been poured over them their gold-headed and gold ferruled rods of office in their hands their gold-covered pillows of wood such as the egyptian used beneath their skulls gold bracelets upon their arms and ankles cakes of gold beneath them which had fallen from the rotted pouches that once hung about their waists vases of fine-glazed pottery that had been filled with offerings or in some cases with gold dust to pay the expenses of their journey into the other world standing round them and so forth in their way these discoveries were rich enough from one tomb alone they took over a hundred and thirty ounces of gold to say nothing of their surpassing archaeological interest still they were not what they sought all that gathered wealth of monomotapa which the fleeing portuguese had brought with them and buried in this their last stronghold benita ceased to take the slightest interest in the matter she would not even be at pains to go to look at the third skeleton although it was that of a man who had been almost a giant and, to judge from the amount of bullion which he took to the tomb with him, a person of great importance in his day. She felt as though she wished never to see another human bone or ancient bead or bangle. The sight of a street in Bayswater in a London fog, yes, of a toy-shop window in Westbourne Grove, would have pleased her a hundred times better than these unique remains, that, had they known of them in those days, would have sent half the learned societies of europe crazy with delight she wished to escape from bambatse its wondrous fortifications its mysterious cone its cave its dead and from jacob meyer benita stood upon the top of her prison wall and looked with longing at the wide open lands below She even dared to climb the stair which ran up the mighty cone of granite, and seated herself in the cup-like depression on its crest, whence Jacob Meyer had called to her to come and share his throne. It was a dizzy place, for the pillar leaning outwards, its point stood almost clear of the water-scarped rock, so that beneath her was a sheer drop of about four hundred feet to the Zambezi bed. At first the great height made her feel faint, her eyes swam and unpleasant tremors crept along her spine so that she was glad to sink to the floor whence she knew she could not fall by degrees however she recovered her nerve and was able to study the glorious view of stream and marshes and hills beyond for she had come here with a purpose to see whether it would not be possible to escape down the river in a canoe or in native boats such as the makalanga owned and used for fishing or to cross from bank to bank Apparently it was impossible, for although the river beneath and above them was still enough, about a mile below began a cataract that stretched as far as she could see, and was bordered on either side by rocky hills, covered with a forest, over which, even if they could obtain porters, a canoe could not be carried. This, indeed, she had already heard from the Molimo, but knowing his timid nature, she wished to judge of the matter for herself. It came to this, then, if they were to go it must be on the horses descending the cone benita went to find her father to whom as yet she had said nothing of her plans the opportunity was good for she knew that he would be alone as it chanced on that afternoon Mea had gone down the hill in order to try to persuade the makalanga to give them ten or twenty men to help in their excavations in this it will be remembered he had already failed so far as the Molimo was concerned but he was not a man easily turned from his purpose, and he thought that if he could see Tammus and some of the other captains, he might be able, by bribery, threats, or otherwise, to induce them to forget their superstitious fears and help in the search. As a matter of fact he was utterly unsuccessful, since one and all they declared that for them to enter that sacred place would mean their deaths, and that the vengeance of heaven would fall upon their tribe and destroy it root and branch mr clifford on whom all this heavy labour had begun to tell was taking advantage of the absence of his taskmaster jacob to sleep a while in the hut which they had now built for themselves beneath the shadow of the baobab tree as she reached it he came out yawning and asked her where she had been benita told him a giddy place he said i have never ventured to try it myself what did you go up there for dear to look at the river while mr mayer was away Father. for if he had seen me do so he would have guessed my reason indeed i dare say that he will guess it now what reason benita to see whether it would not be possible to escape down it in a boat but there is no chance it is all rapids below with hills and rocks and trees on either bank what need have you to escape at present he asked eyeing her curiously every need she answered with passion i hate the place it is a prison and i loathe the very name of treasure also and she paused also what dear also and her voice sank to a whisper as though she feared that he should overhear her even at the bottom of the hill also i am afraid of mr mayor this confession did not seem to surprise her father who merely nodded his head and said go on father i think that he is going mad and it is not pleasant for us to be cooped up here alone with a madman especially when he has begun to speak to me as he does now you don't mean that he has been impertinent to you said the old man flushing up for if so no not impertinent as yet and she told him what had passed between maya and herself adding you see father i detest this man indeed i want to have nothing to do with any man for me all that is over and done with and she gave a dry little sob which appeared to come from her very heart and yet he seems to be getting some kind of power over me he follows me about with his eyes prying into my mind and i feel that he is beginning to be able to read it i can bear no more father father for god's sake take me away from this hateful hill and its gold and its dead "'and let us get out into the veldt again together.' "'I should be glad enough, dearest,' he answered. "'I have had plenty of this wild-goose-chase, "'which I was so mad as to be led into by the love of wealth. "'Indeed, I am beginning to believe that if it goes on much longer, "'I shall leave my bones here. "'And if such a dreadful thing as that were to happen, "'what would become of me, alone with Jacob Mea?' she asked quietly i might even be driven to the same fate as that poor girl two hundred years ago and she pointed to the cone of rock behind her for heaven's sake don't talk like that he broke in why not one must face things and it would be better than jacob meyer for who would protect me here mr clifford walked up and down for a few minutes while his daughter watched him i can see no plan he said stopping opposite her we cannot take the wagon, even if there are enough oxen left to draw it, for it is his as much as mine, and I am sure that he will never leave this treasure unless he is driven away. And I am sure, I hope, that he will not. But, father, the horses are our own. It was his that has died, you remember? We can ride away on them. He stared at her, and answered, Yes, we could ride away to our deaths. Suppose they got sick or lame, suppose we met the matabele or could find no game to shoot suppose one of us fell ill oh and a hundred things what then why then it is just as well to perish in the wilderness as here where our risks are almost as great we must take our chance and trust to god perhaps he will be merciful and help us listen now father to-morrow is sunday when you and i do no work that we can help but mr Mayer is a jew and he won't waste Sunday. Well now, I will say that I want to go down to the outer wall to fetch some clothes which I left in the wagon, and to take others for the native women to wash, and of course you will come with me. Perhaps he will be deceived and stay behind, especially as he has been there to-day. Then we can get the horses and guns and ammunition, and anything else that we can carry in the way of food, and persuade the old Molimo to open the gate for us. You know, the little side gate that cannot be seen from up here and before mr mayor misses us and comes to look we shall be twenty miles away and horses can't be overtaken by a man on foot he will say that we have deserted him and that will be true you can leave a letter with the Molimo explaining that it was my fault that i was getting ill and thought that i should die and that you knew it would not be fair to ask him to come and so to lose the treasure to every halfpenny of which he is welcome when it is found. Oh, father, don't hesitate any longer. Say that you will take me away from Mr. Mayor.' "'So be it, then,' answered Mr. Clifford. And as he spoke, hearing a sound, they looked up, and saw Jacob approaching them. Luckily he was so occupied with his own thoughts that he never noted the guilty air upon their faces, and they had time to compose themselves a little, but even thus his suspicions were aroused.' what are you talking of so earnestly he asked we were wondering how you were getting on with the makalanga answered benita fibbing boldly and whether you would persuade them to face the ghosts did you not i he answered with a scowl those ghosts are our worst enemies in this place the cowards swore that they would rather die i should have liked to take some of them at their word and make ghosts of them but i remembered the situation and didn't don't be afraid miss clifford i never even lost my temper outwardly at any rate well there it is if they won't help us we must work the harder i've got a new plan and we'll begin on it to-morrow not to-morrow mr mayor replied benita with a smile it is sunday and we rest on sunday you know oh i forgot sir magalanga is a ghost and you with your sunday really i do not know which is the worst well then i must do my own share and yours too i suppose and he turned away with a shrug of his shoulders chapter thirteen